Have you ever been to a urinal that has ice in it? Yes. What is the purpose? No idea. Do you know what the purpose is? I think there's a special... Uh, first off, there's no splashback. So there's that level. Fair. I think that's probably the main purpose. But the second purpose, which I think is enjoyable, is watching the ice melt as you as you urinate is a satisfying feeling. It is fun. This is the so we're with Matt Kusher at Empacino for the first time ever. Welcome to Pancom Podcast, live from El Vecino in beautiful downtown Miami, located two blocks away from the Miami Heat Arena. Today, we have guest Matt Kush of all these wonderful spots here in Miami. Matt, say hi to the people. I just want to say the parking was amazing down here. <laughs> oh, it took me about 25 minutes to find a space. Oh, man. Typical Miami problems. Fuck Hello, me. everybody. I'm glad I popped the cherry here. I'm glad uh, Vecino is uh, the new uh, Pancun podcast home. Is it? No, we Should haven't be. decided that yet. Oh, okay. no, no, that this is, you're definitely, this is definitely just a test with you. Right. Hopefully I pass the test. No, I mean, not you, just the location. I was aware I wasn't actually being tested. I, just, I mean, you know, we can give you a test later. Right. What are we talking about today? Mike Beltran and his host A game right now. <laughs> Listen, it's been a really What's long What's up with those like, questions you're holding in your hand right there? Oh, you man, no me. questions. Seems I've like never it. written a question for any <laughs> podcast other than the one we did with Jean George. Right? That was the only one? That sounds right. Lee Schrager? Yeah. yeah. Fuck Lee Schrager. No, that was definitely not the only. That definitely had no um, <laughs> questions ready for that one. You know, it's been a while. I'm rusty when it comes to podcasts right now. I, was I think say. We're, we've only recorded one in the last, like, Two months? Three months? So here's a fun fact. Something I actually, like that, yeah. um, I ride my bike every week, and I typically listen to your podcast when I ride my bike. Wow. It's a good hour like while I'm riding. That's amazing. And so it bothers me when there's not new episodes. So I do bother Nick from time to time asking when this is. We're back, baby. Um, yeah, so I would appreciate it if you came back. We're back, and we're back with a vengeance. Right now, the only person on the guest list is you. <laughs> <laughs> How many other people dropped out before I came? Just a lot. It's been like uh, an endless amount of asking people, and they're like, who are you? And then we just back away. So part of one feature of doing this at a casino is that uh, there's people in the humidor, so I'm going to leave, and you're like oh, this totally by yourself. Hey, let me ask you a question. Are you pumped to have the Washington football team, also known as the Commanders, back? You're such an asshole. <laughs> I just want to know. Like, this is—it's a very important question. So, for with the new ask. ownership, I was hoping that they would possibly change the name again to something with skins or hogs or pigs or but something. But they just bought the team like a month ago. Yeah, you can't but they already it. said that they so late. They just changed the name. Yeah. So everybody from uh, my hometown thinks I'm the biggest Dolphins fan in the world. Oh. Um, and um, that's cool. Thank you. I don't know if you guys think that, but I'm not. No, I don't. I don't think you are. You know, I was actually because I'm a big Twitterer, er, er, right? <laughs> and um, obviously, everyone in the world knows Aaron Rodgers lasted 75 seconds, which is pretty normal for a dude. 75 seconds in his Jets tenure. And then there was a tweet by like one of these like um, bobblehead fucking football analysts, whatever. It's like this is the most tragic event to happen to a fan base and an organization for a player and this and that and then someone just responds on the bottom Sean Taylor died Ooh. and I was like wow that's a really good point so the Sean Taylor uh, I was as you know a die hard skins fan uh, when Sean Taylor died they played Tampa that weekend so I drove to Tampa it was mid season 
Yeah. Was, I, I don't it, remember. It, it, like, it honestly, was, uh, I don't remember. It was the day after. I drove to Tampa to go see the game because, obviously, I'm a Skins fan. So I went I went to Tampa, drove and saw the game. Skins, also known currently as the Commanders. Yes. But go ahead. Um, I was driving back from Tampa when I heard the news. Uh-huh. And while I was at the game, I was thinking to myself, why isn't he at the game? Like, I, you know, you get hurt, but sometimes you still attend. Yeah. And I noticed that he wasn't there. And it, I don't know if it bothered me at the time, but I was just like, I, I noticed it. And when I heard that the next day, it was that. And then I don't know if you know this, but I was actually at the funeral. Oh, yeah. um, it was at FIU. It was a right. huge thing. They interviewed me because they thought I came from Washington for the funeral, which I did not. Right. Um, but uh, I was obviously a huge Sean Taylor fan. I own a Hurricane Sean Taylor jersey, even though I'm not a Hurricane football fan. Do you so. like college football? I like FIU Golden Panthers. I had season tickets two years ago. Right. Okay, I guess I, I mean, yeah, no, I know. That's that's the claim to fame, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he's yeah, very and good. And Mario Cristobal, he brought him there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Mario played at UM, though. Correct. And then yeah. he really cut his teeth at Oregon. Well, he took us to a bowl game. He won a bowl game. That yeah, you? listen, Mario's, Mario is my guy. This is the whole reason I've wanted him at UM for over a decade now. So yeah. he's definitely my guy. No, he represents Miami in the best way. How do we feel about having football back? It's just a very emotional experience for me to have football back. So I feel like almost more like myself when there's football on TV to watch. Oh. Am I the only person that feels no, like No, I think this? you're like everybody, but you're talking to the wrong guy because uh, for the first time in my 45-year life, I don't care about football since I don't have a team anymore. I'm the most casual Wait, so you're swearing off of your football team completely because you don't like their name? Yeah, no, I'm definitely not. Just because uh, you don't like the name? I'm not a whatever-you-called-them fan. Um they could have changed their name. It's fine, but uh, the skins needed to be in there. So if it goes back to the Redskins, are you back to a fan? 100% I'll be back. We're, we're if they went back to diving deep skins, right now. This if is they even called them the chicken skins. Huh? The Washington chicken skins, I'm on there. As long as I say go skins. So when people tell you this is like um, morally incorrect to call them the Redskins, what is your response? I, I don't have an opinion. I, it could offend somebody, and I'm not going to pretend it doesn't offend someone. So if that's the case, it's fine. I don't care that they changed their name. I just don't like that they took skins out of the name. Got to me, it. that was a, you know, when you grow up for something for 45 years rooting for something. I'm listening. And they take it away and then give you, like, a new shiny thing. Right. It's like, uh, no, I'm not. And I'm I mean, not, I get it. If they changed the, the Miami Dolphins to the Miami Manatees, I'd probably be upset. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be about it. I would they love sucked that. for 25 years on top of that. And you don't live in Miami anymore because now I don't live in D.C. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins have sucked pretty much my entire yeah, life. Dolphins so, I mean, and the skins are the same. I mean, Good off-season teams. When's the last time that you guys went to a Super Bowl? Uh, 92. I won 75 bucks, drank a beer, and won 75 bucks in a football pool. So, still, I mean, that was before us, right? I wasn't even born. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even alive last time we went to a Super Bowl. I don't think, right? It was 85, but it was... You went 84 against the skins. We beat you. Right. Thanks. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Uh, now, the Redskins, also the the commanders formerly known as the Redskins. Do you prefer commanders or the Washington football team? The no. football team's a great name. Actually, I love that name. I, love I actually that name. thought that was a really good name. Really the Washington good name. football team was good. And then they came out with the commanders, and I'm like, we're going commando. And yeah. I'm like, all right, this is getting it's weird. Horrible. The Washington football team, was classic. Yeah. So. You're wearing the scoop records. Is that happening? No, it's not. Oh. No. It's not happening. It's la- laundry Thanks day. Thanks for throwing me out there. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll edit that part out. So, Mike, I want to say thank you because um, I'm doing, uh, you know, as you know, I'm working with Sebastian Strong, and, and I'm on the board of directors trying to raise funds, and it's Kids Awareness Month, and you quickly said yes when I called and asked you to participate in uh, making a drink called the Sebastian where we're getting proceeds to them. 
and you offered up, I think, two of your places. Two, yeah. Well, the two that sell the most boots. So I really appreciate that because September is Kids uh, Cancer Month, Awareness yeah. Month. and um, It's also it's an alumni from my high school. And uh, that's correct. He went to Columbus High what, School. Do you know what year that was? Um, I think, I believe he died around seven years ago, so... Uh, oh, yeah, so it's way after my time, but... Yeah, I do uh, remember the, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a good cause, you know? Um, I don't drink mezcal cocktails, but um, when I went to the Gibson to have them, I got real banged up real fast, because I don't drink mezcal ever. So, I added to the pool money, so that's good. <laughs> This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by Perla Specialty Roasters. Perla produces an award-winning coffee portfolio. They are a four-time Good Food Award finalist and two-time winner. Perla uses coffee directly sourced from around the world using relationships on the farm level. They view their coffee portfolio as a way for coffee partners like Ariad Hospitality Group to further enhance their guest experience. I really love what their brand represents from a local standpoint. They're uh, very immersed in the community, and they've been very supportive uh, of all of our places even before we used to serve Perla. So uh, when we decided to partner with them and make them our coffee provider across the board, they've been great to work with. And with such intention placed on the food and bar program, shouldn't your restaurant have the same attention to detail? Their espresso fino blend was specifically designed to pair great with milk, making it amazing for latte or cortadito. Perla's biggest competition is the large, soulless, multinational roasting operations. You like that soulless? It's so good. It's like the final boss. <laughs> <laughs> you have to beat the soulless, the big multinational fucking Folgers monster. Roasting operations. It's like a Maxwell House thing <laughs> walking up to you. It's good. They can also solve equipment needs with sales, leasing, and service operations available at their disposal. With lightning fast order fulfillment, orders roast and ship the same day. Sometimes Chug's Diner gets its order the same day the coffee was roasted. I can uh, 100% say that that's actually happened more than once from a customer standpoint, customer service standpoint. They're pretty incredible to work with for sure. With initial and ongoing staff training to make sure that their coffee is tasting on point. Yeah, I think uh, there's two points there that are incredibly true just because I've lived them. It's like the, when it comes to equipment issues, uh, how willing they are to help us in the maintenance uh, standpoint of, of equipment because coffee equipment, unless you're, you have years and years of knowledge, you have no idea how to even start. And then the ongoing staff training, uh, you know, it's something that they talk about with us several times, whether they want to come in and do training us on how to make the coffee or just education on the coffee. Um, they're really, they've been really great. To get all of your coffee situation on point, drinkperla.com. That's drink, P-E-R-L-A.com, drinkperla.com to get your coffee situation on point and move away from those soulless operations. Maxwell House, big boss. do 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 <laughs> so I want to tell you something else I'm working on Hopefully it comes to fruition I don't know if I told you this or not But uh, and Nick, you might like this too So I'm working with Victoria and Vanessa uh, Who put on the Amparo experience Did I tell you this yet or no? No 
um, they're they're putting on the, they put on the Empire Experience, obviously, and the um, they got together with Christy, who's um, on a side note had a seven year old birthday party that me and Nick got into a fight at for about three hours. I heard about this like very intense fight. I can't wait to dive parties. into about what the fight was about, but we'll you know. We'll but yeah, but she uh, she she coordinated with them, and uh, they're coming up together to do the story of Hialeah. Uh, through Stevens, uh, Delhi. Oh. So, oh, as cool. in the 50s and 60s, you know, Hialeah had a different, uh, I guess, brand, you could call it, for yeah. what it is today. Yeah. And uh, basically the evolution of how it turned into a Jewish, you know, textile neighborhood with lots of delis and the casino there. And obviously now it's more of a, um, you know, blue-collar Cuban community. Um, and they want to do a whole story through Stevens Deli. And um, right now we're going through funding, trying to get money from FIU and Hialeah. And she, actually, they were at uh, Chugs yesterday having lunch discussing this. They're amazing. Yeah, they're um, the best. It's so, funny you talk about like uh, textiles in Hialeah because that's how my family, that's what my family used to do. And we had a textile factory in Hialeah. And it was like, I, that's like, I grew up like, uh, you know, pallets and pallets of like fabrics and they come in these big ass rolls and then you would have like the. Uh, three gigantic tables in the middle of the factory or the warehouse of just ladies just like banging out clothes and then I would just like climb up to the top and just like pass out and like that I'm working I was like six but that's you like you didn't a, want to go into the textile industry no no I Seems absolutely sexy. I absolutely did not want to I mean you know like I had my one of my first jobs when I was like 14 or 15 in one of my dad's warehouses unloading 18 wheelers over a summer and it was probably that's why I went like in kitchens, people are like, oh, it's hot. I'm like, no, this is not hot, man. You don't understand hot. When your sweat is sweating and you're like, you just, it's a different, it's a different thing coming out of your body. You feel like that's not sweat. Like that's real sweat. So anyways, how, um, how's summer been? Has it been great for you? Like sales wise? Yeah. You know what? Um, you know, I think we've, I've said this. My strategy is, uh, really focused on, uh, customer loyalty and really getting to do different things with my guests focusing on uh, my first time guests my birthday guests and really building a loyal clientele as much as possible so that when all these uh, bullshit restaurants start running out of money uh, that came here during COVID and, and they start going out of business we'll be there standing so to answer your question um, it's helped me focus on uh, cutting costs and focus on guests and customer relations um, but yeah it's obviously been every other summer uh, in Miami. Do you feel like some of these newer, bigger people are starting to fade away because they just saw for the first time like their first real Miami summer? Not only saw, but felt. Ah. Um, You know, this is a business. So if you're not making money, uh, you're not making money. So I'm I'm waiting to see. You know, know, I used to watch like the New Times and be like, all right, 10 restaurants opening, 10 restaurants closing. I haven't seen a restaurant in there saying they're closing in a year and a half. And I've only I don't know if they do that anymore, though. Well, you know what I'm saying, but right. uh, just the general aspect of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think in the next uh, six to eight months, we're going to start seeing a lot of restaurants closing. Not that uh, I want them to close, but I'm just, you know, prepared for that. I mean, I, there, I don't... I think there's a good amount of people that aren't really adding much to our... the fiber of our landscape. I think they're just here because they thought Miami was going to be this cash cow for a decade, and... I think a lot of people knew better than that. Um, you know, like there's a lot of great parts of running a business in Miami, and there's a lot of difficulties too. And I think a lot of people came here expecting it to just be like balls to the wall for fucking 12 months out of the year, and it's never been that way. Never. Well, I think, you know, we experienced an interesting 24 months, but at the same time it's like 
That was only 24 months in the 20 years that I've been doing this. Yeah, I mean, some of my, you know, it used to be where, uh, like in some of my local markets, we'd actually be the same or slightly busier in the summertime, like in Hialeah. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's a purely local uh, local clientele. And that's kind of, you know, all our restaurants are pretty much that. Obviously, we do get an influx of tourists or whatnot, but it's kind of boring. You want to talk about anything else? No, I actually like talking about the, the financial <laughs> part of our business. I mean, like, I think it's pretty fascinating, man. Yeah. No, it is. Um, I think I'm just, uh, like I said, I think I'm still hungover from two days ago. Well, and, uh, I think it's, like, well documented that Matt, myself, Zach the Baker, and Jose Mendin go out to dinner, like, every four months. And I feel like this one, um, you know, we hit it pretty hard. You took a good video of the, the Cadillac, Angelina. Yeah. I was very oh, I'll send it that. to you. It was great. Yeah. I mean, it made me miss my car even more. It was the first time you guys all got the road in, uh, in the Cadillac. I mean, so I've ridden in it before. No, but all together. Yeah, same time. Same time. Um, yeah, I don't know. This summer, going back to that, this summer has been, uh, to be honest with you, uh, eye-opening in a, in a good way for me to, like, focus on new things. Um, you know, I took the unreasonable hospitality uh, approach, and I'm, I push our team right now every day to give me something that is just next level of how can we wow our guests in a way that, that no one else can. Um, and obviously you can't do that with everybody, but that's our goal. And so I'm, I think it opened our eyes to realize we need to do more things like that and get back to the basics. We do the uh, crafts and crafts at Locale. We used to be very community-based, and I kind of lost that as I grew. And now we're going back to that. And so every last Thursday of the month, we do crafts and crafts where the kids do cra- arts and crafts, and they make their own ice cream and paint the high chairs, and then the adults get craft beers. And uh, that's always been like something that's you know brings us together. And now that Coconut Grove's changed completely, yeah. we kind of had to reintroduce ourselves as that you know community place. And, and so it forced us this summer to kind of do those things again, which is great. I think that like the opportunity, you know, looking at the aspect of having a slower summertime, I used it as an opportunity to just like dial in as much as I could from an operational perspective because I think you know. After next month, we will have opened five locations in 24 months. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, you know, stretching thin, working through, hustling through. And it's not, you know, I think we always grind, but I also think that we could have been a little bit better in a lot of places. And I think that, like, dialing that in, and I think we've made it a point to, like, the last six months to really, I mean, this was even before, like, things slowed down for summertime, which was really dial it in even more and look deeper of how we could be, you know, not only better as operators, but better as management, better, like, how to coach people better, how to lead people better, how to create better leaders. I think that was, like, a big thing for me personally is, like, how do we motivate people to be better leaders, not just, like, good at their job. And... You know, I think a lot of people, they kind of look at this, like, slower time and say, like, you know, we're just, like, slow or whatever. But for me, it's an opportunity for growth. And it sucks financially. Don't yeah, get me wrong. It's, like, the fucking most painful part. But it's, like, what are you going to do? Sit there and fucking sit in the corner and be like, I'm so sad because we're slow? Or you're going to try to, like, fucking improve, you know? And I feel like it was a huge benefit, you know? Like, um, and again, I'll say it to him blue in the face, like, yeah, it sucks, to not have the same type of revenue that we did during like high season but you, it's not realistic Miami has never been that way never so I think it's like a good I think it's also a good like 
gut check for a lot of people. I also think that it's uh, it was a good opportunity for me, for sure, to just like kind of like improve and grow and like do certain things different. Um, and I feel like you know really like getting into like things a little bit more and improving each location better than it was during season is to prepare also to hopefully have a great season. Right. No, I, I, those are all true. And I, 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 I uh, to even add to that, you know, I took it as an opportunity to maybe do more for my staff, you know, and so um, next week uh, I'm taking my general managers on a surprise food trip. Um, I don't even want to say where we're going because it might, if this comes out, then it's not a surprise. So we're meeting at the airport and for uh, 36 hours, we're going to just go to a city and just tear it up. Um, cool. And since I'm a big Dolphins fan, I, I'm going to take my uh, my kitchen managers to a Dolphins game. Uh, Love that. Tailgate with just them. whatever. And let me know. I'll, I'll be there. So, well, you know, you got to get a job at Cush Hospitality first. Uh, and you know, but it, it lets you do the think about those kind of outside the box things that you kind of forget sometimes when you're getting your ass kicked for six months. Well, I think motivating people also in that regard of like you know like we are, you know, so like for example, um, I've made, I finally like I think built the core of a team at a place like Jugs that I think it deserves, you know, and really like well-meaning kids. Uh, that really just want to grow and be better. Kids that, you know, they're kind of like, they look at, I mean, a lot of them were porters and dishwashers like four or five months ago, and now they're doing four or 500 covers on a Saturday, banging out eggs and breakfast sandwiches and shit like that. And they always talked about, like, Ariet and this, like, like it was like a methodical creature. Like, they would go over there and be like, oh, my God, it's so shiny. I mean, actually, Ariet is older than Chuck. Sure, it's yeah. It's not as nice. Um... So I took them all there to dinner. And, um, you know, I worked in the kitchen with the guys. It was a pretty busy Monday night. It was just like seven of them. And they were just kind of like in awe, you know. And, like, I sat with them after and just talked about, like, why we did something like that. And it's like, because just because you work here now doesn't mean this is where you're going to work forever. But if you want to get to this next step, you have to do a, a lot of work in between. And, you know, if you watch the way that these people work and you watch what they do and how they operate how they maneuver through a kitchen like that's what you need to strive to be so it doesn't matter whether you're flipping eggs or you're you know making monkfish wellington or a duck press or whatever it may be it doesn't matter it's all the same if you care the same about you know a plate of eggs is how you're going to care about a duck press that's just the reality of it and it was like a really good experience for them and it was like for us it's like you know something small or whatever but like for them it was it was good and then we went to tours after and we just talked I think more not more importantly but equally as important is you know the more they understand the brands and they can talk about it and understand that there's other things going on the more they can relate to the guests or have pride in, in the company they work for sure. you know we had um, just today um, one of my managers sent me a we're trying to work on a uh, vermouth package like where you know you get basically a vermouth training and uh, learn how to make vermouth and a vermouth and kind of education like you know for, for an intimate scenario, and I think it's amazing. And in in the little package that uh, my manager sent to me, um, it was like, oh, for the for the test run, we'll invite the other managers, which seems obvious. But to me, I said, why have I not invited my other managers to come to Victoria's and understand what vermouth is, even if they don't sell vermouth in their stores necessarily? 
they can talk about it to their guests if it comes up and they can help again speak the brands all around you know me and you both have multiple concepts that are very very different right and so it's not like working at you know joe schmo where there's a million of them they don't necessarily know i've been to all well, the this locations. is something that i took from schwartz when i worked for schwartz like you know he would send a team from cyprus to go eat at michael's and a team from harry's to go eat at cyprus it was you know because i believe when you have can i get another one yeah when um when you have multiple locations and think about it, you could definitely touch whatever 40 yeah please sorry when you have the opportunity to touch like at that time michael's and harry's probably had 500 guests a day let's just say give or take and you can educate them on other places where you're doing other things i found that fascinating right because you have this hyper like focused clientele that likes what you do that come all the time tell them about the other shit you do and why they should like that one also so it's something i adopted many years ago but like now a place like chugs easily does like 300 people a day we never did that before at area you know we do 40 or 50 covers it's different but a place like chugs that just has so much more volume and it touches so many more people it's something that i've really taken like 40 yeah please sorry when you have the opportunity to touch like at that time michael's and harry's probably had 500 guests a day let's just say give or take and you can educate them on other places where you're doing other things i found that fascinating right because you have this hyper like focused clientele that likes what you do that come all the time tell them about the other shit you do and why they should like that one also so it's something i adopted many years ago but like now a place like chugs easily does like 300 people a day we never did that before at area you know we do 40 or 50 covers it's different but a place like chugs that just has so much more volume and it touches so many more people it's something that i've really taken like you know dropping a check presenter with something that's going on at stevens but you're at locale you know like just that kind of shit and thinking about it like me growing up in the kitchen like i never i was never exposed to stuff like that but i sat in these manager meetings these director meetings that he would have with like fucking 30 people and i would listen i'd be like man that's fascinating and it's so smart because what do you need to like in a lot of ways pr like what are they doing they're sending they're sending a press release there's a bunch of people that are consuming this information just pretty much copying pasting information then putting it on a thing for people to click it when you could just do the same thing yourself yeah you know and the power is through the people making the place right it's like your people that you trust to run your thing they're who's going to talk better about it than them of course yeah i mean typically we usually try to every once in a while once a year move managers to different stores so they can manage at the other stores and see and get ideas that's interesting but um and that's always worked maybe even just for like a lunch shift um and it's always comes out a super positive experience but i i rarely do what you said which is like take him to eat at another one of the restaurants which um now that i've got this uh you know tatiana did this uh, vermouth thing uh now i'm going to uh, uh do that of what you currently have happening what is uh some of the things that are exciting you the most well uh you know professionally i'm i love vermouth so i love victoria's because what we're doing there no one in the country is doing you know i don't think anyone in the country really makes their own vermouth let alone makes two vermouths in house um and so every time we get a new guest in there we get to educate them on a very very old traditional uh experience that is not really known in, in the united states that's fun and awesome, and I happen to love it, so it's just passionate about it. 
Um, so that's really cool. Uh, I'm really focused on hospitality right now. Like I said, I'm, I'm really the unreasonable hospitality. You know, obviously there's a book that I'm sure a lot of people read, but if you haven't, it's a great book. Uh, uh, that re-motivated me. I read that, and I read a book called Fans First. Um, about the Savannah Bananas and just kind of making that fan experience and really, you know, getting to every guest. That's been my focus, and I think that's what's uh, motivating me and making me excited right now is kind of redoing that. So we had a meeting with our GMs, like, all right, what's going to be our birthday gift? And so now we have like a wheel. Well, every store is different, but if it's your birthday and you spin the wheel, and when you spin the wheel, you can get a free T-shirt or a drink or whatever it is. Um, you know, if it's a first-time guest, we're going to give you, a, you know, a keychain with, a, you, know, an ex- you know, some sort of, like, funny experience with it. Um, so just trying to make it. We already do cool things. I mean, if you walk through every one of our restaurants, every every fucking corner there's has a lot a, of. There's a lot of color in your house. Yeah, every, every corner has a story, and I just want to keep it going and going and going. Right now, we're working on lollipops to give to every guest um, as like a departing gift. Um, That's cool. And um, you know, and as we spark those conversations, more things come from it. More things come from it. More things come from it. Because um, we do a lot of shit that people don't even realize we do. Um, like that wheel of fortune, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that like, because um, I'm in the middle of reading that book. Um, Which one? Unreasonable Hospitality. Yeah. And I think what's interesting and what stuck with me the most throughout the entire book is like the the hospitality and the color part of it, right? Like just the repetitive nature of that. And when I think about that a lot, hospitality is structured and it's black and white, right? And then there's people that add color. And I say, it, I say it all the time. It's like, the people make the place. You know, it's not the other way around. You could obviously have a great place, but if you have shitty people working there that don't care, it doesn't matter. So, like, the way he talks about color and hospitality, right? And, like, you could talk about it as an extra touch, or you could just talk about it as demeanor at a table or demeanor in a room or the vibe of a room in general. It depends how you... Thank you so much. Um, wash line here, it's a little weird. Did Mike tell you that he put me to work at his uh, at Chugs last week? <laughs> I did. <laughs> what, what, jo- what job did you end up he with? Said, he sends me a picture that he's there with his kid. His kid's having a milkshake, and I'm like, dude, can you tell him to lower the fucking lights because the lights are way too fucking bright? And he was just like, are you serious? Yeah, I'm fucking serious. Of course. So I you am. can add to my intro. I'm also a light coordinator at Chugs. I love this. I mean, it matters. You know, it no, matters. it does. I mean, it's just I—I um, I didn't know if you wanted me to go that extra step and tell your staff or not. You know. Yeah, no, I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> I mean, I've told your staff things. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that another day. Yeah. And Dude, can we talk about me and Nick fighting? I think that was more. Um, oh man. I don't know like the full context of this fight. I just know that it happened at a kids' party. Nick hates me apparently. <laughs> um, no, no, not, not at all. I believe in. Are you a communist? Am I a communist? No, you're not a communist. Okay. Then you're fine. All right, good. As far as I know with Nick, that's pretty much it. That's Actually, like the, I've that's, never, that's, I've that's never enjoyed thing. a uh, argument more than I ever have that night. This might be a Nick or friends because I love arguing with Nick. Time. Yeah. yeah, Mike and I mostly yell at each other. Yeah. Pretty much the whole time, and it's just all through text that I respond four days later. <laughs> it's, it's me texting and then yelling it by myself for 72 hours until Mike sent the text back. Um, I forget how it got started, but this was at a uh, uh, friend of mine, I guess, of the podcast, and and of yours, and also your uh, marketing director is her yep. title. Um, and day uh, one employee. And day one employee, Christy uh, uh, Sednula, 
uh, we were at um, her daughter's birthday party. And this was at the very tail end, so we were like maybe like among the last six or so people there. And somehow, I forget how the conversation turned to uh, supporting local business or shopping at places or buying at places because they're local businesses. And we had very different views. I will say this. Uh, you know, the best part about the argument was is that not only did we totally disagree, but and not only did I want to hug him at the end a lot. But he's he, not he, a hugger. He actually... Uh, and, yeah, wait till his birthday. Just wish him happy birthday. Yeah. He actually <laughs> oh, no. educated me a little bit because he changed my thought on one thing. Because I, okay. it wasn't about necessarily supporting local, although that's very important to me. It's also supporting local, but there's a bias because if I know the person and they're not sure. local, I would support them as well. So if my friend is a chef in Milwaukee and opens a restaurant in Miami, to me, I put that in the same category, supporting local. And that I mean, kind of is unfair for that argument, so I'd appreciate it. What if the product is bad? Um, would I support? Yeah. I would still support. I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but I would support. I w- yeah. Listen, you supported 11 Vodka. <laughs> it's not good it is vodka. On, it is on you for bringing it up. Listen, vodka here. is vodka. I, I'm I mean, just saying. I, I just disagree like, on that, to be honest with you. Vodka so is <laughs> literally, you know, to be shitty vodka, you got to be really shitty. If it's distilled five times, it's the same shit. You're telling me you can tell it's in Grey Goose and Tito? I can't tell the fucking difference. I mean, I don't drink vodka. Well, then there you go. If it's shitty, if it's Gilby's vodka, yeah, I could tell the difference. To me, the best vodka in the world is Crystal Palace. <laughs> Crystal Palace sounds like a Chinese restaurant. You've never seen Crystal Palace? Is that a so, vodka? Oh, so when I was oh, with the little uh, yeah. I when I was a, a, a worked behind a bar at an Applebee's when I was nineteen, Ooh. every all the well was Crystal Palace and their plastic handles. Right. And they oh, all at that yeah. time co- would the cost was like five dollars and twenty five cents for a handle. Yeah. And it was a gin, rum, vodka. Yeah, I guess Gilby's was my version of Crystal Palace. Uh, Crystal Palace, that's ads at DaveMag.com. I support you guys. Yeah, I support the grind. Uh, I, I have I, I I thought about it also a little bit after that conversation. I, I think I don't know if it was ever framed this way in that in that uh, in that conversation, which I think like half the time that yelling was happening it was because we were yelling over that one. Yeah, agreed. Over that one person who was at the table. It made it, it made it a little bit more complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, another person at the table. There was a mediator that we can't. Me and uh, a self-appointed mediator. Yeah, me and Nick didn't. We can't. Uh, ask we for can't the put names. I don't. I don't know their names. I think. But it's, it's, uh, yeah. But, but me and Nick have know. also a similar background. Like, he grew up in a Quiznos, and I grew up in a Dunkin' Donuts, and so we both grew up in a franchisee household. Um, right. And we. It's funny because we have very different takes from that, um, which right. is interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think what what I like after having thought about it a little bit. I think it's that we we agree that we feel like supporting people that we feel like we have some kind of community or kinship with. I think we just disagree about whether, by virtue of somebody being local, I feel much connection to them. Got it. Like if I, someone is local and they're still doing something bad, it doesn't mean I'm going to support them. Right, but like if some like if somebody's lo- like if somebody's a friend and they're doing something maybe not bad but like okay, you you'd be the bar is different if it's somebody who's a friend. I'll always go to a friend first, even if right. it's even if it's bad. Even if it's bad. Yeah, over something that is, you know, right next door. You know, obviously I'm not going across town, but door to door, when we had that conversation, I mean, right. I'm always going to go there first. 
I want them to succeed. No, I know. Not, I guess, I guess I, what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is like, you know, like if a friend of yours opens a burger place, you're not going to go to McDonald's over their burger place. Obviously. I know, obviously, you. I'm just doing an extreme example is what I'm saying. Right. Okay, got it. What if it was like a Fuddruckers? <laughs> I'm just, it's honest, honest question. Um, no, yeah, of course not. No, no Fuddruckers either. No, Do you look I, at Fuddruckers the same way as McDonald's? I look at any large corporation that focuses on numbers over quality, which is basically anybody that has you know financial investors involved, um, as that category. So with the exception of, again, TVs, cars, phones, I can't get a local phone, I can't get a local car, I typically don't support any of that stuff. My wife God. hides it from me. My <laughs> kids, they, they actually, if we drive by McDonald's, my kids are trained to say Kaka or Kaka Donalds. And that happens to my three-year-old says that all the time. Have they never eaten that stuff? No, they take it, they eat it all the time with my wife. Oh, got it. I house divided. Never a house divided. Them there. I can't wait to do this, right? Yeah. It's like, it'll be a McDonald's and a, I don't know, something random. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, like something so I'm random. I'm just against big corporations. And not that I don't want them to succeed. I just don't want them to succeed as much as I want somebody that went through the struggle that I went through it. You went through. Sure. I know that struggle, and I, whether they're good quality or bad quality, I know how hard it is to go out and open your business. And to me, that's the greatest thing about this country. Is aside from most other countries in this world, entrepreneurship is one thing that the United States is amazing at. Anybody can come and open their business. That doesn't mean they're going to f- succeed, but anybody can really do it if they really want to. And you can't do that everywhere else in the world. Obviously, no. you can't do that in where you know in sure, Cuba. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious. But even well, in other countries maybe. that you would think it's very hard. Even can't in Japan, even get a pound of rice that. there. I but, mean, Cuba is an extreme example. But yeah, but even like I said, places like Japan, there's there's social class systems that's very difficult. So entrepreneurship, I take very seriously, and I know how hard it was to get from a dream and a goal to the actual brick and mortar and to make it happen. And I respect that so much from anybody. Let me ask you a question. So obviously we're friends. So I ask you your opinion all the time, whether I take it or not. But I still ask you for your opinion. When you go to a place that's like a new say someone you know or whatever and you don't find the experience good do you tell them um uh, it depends on how close we are um but typically i would probably say no um if it was a really good friend i would give him some advice i have done that a couple times where i emailed some like points like week one type things i've done that um and i didn't get much of a response uh so i mean, like some I people also- don't want to hear it they might thank you two years down the road but they don't want to hear it at that time you know like just talk about like our friends that we just had dinner with like you know I ask them for their opinions all the time it doesn't mean that I have to listen to them you know like Zach has very interesting opinions and I don't always agree with them but um, Jose is like a wild card always Um, I don't know I think also it's like I want your opinion but I also have a vision now if it's like fundamentally fucked right if something is fundamentally fucked that's completely different but it's like, you know, the same conversation we have all the time with Chugs Diner and Chugs. You know, like, I'm very much uh, on the fence from both sides. It's not, and I, remember, I told you on Monday, I don't disagree with you. I just don't totally agree either. And it's well, like, by the way, so that people know what we're talking about, yeah, I am telling Mike that the word diner is doing a misservice on that concept because to me, the theme is a diner, but the menu and the experience is a restaurant. And yeah. because of that, you're limiting yourself to certain hours, so that's that's my argument with taking the word diner out of just chug. But and the thing is, like, I've, I I also agree with you, but then I also know that like what conceptually the thing was from day one 
but it has evolved a lot since then. Yeah. I mean, this is actually Chuck's two-year birthday. So when we opened, congratulations, by the way. Thanks. Um, when we opened Locale, it was Locale like Burgers and Beer, and people would call it Locale Burgers and Beer forever. And really quickly, we were known for a lot of other things besides burgers. And so I had to. Cor- it took me years to correct people to just be called Locale and not Burgers and Beer because I didn't want to be known just for that thing. And it was very hard. And I mean, still people could know us for that. That's fine. We we do that, and it's one of the things that we do very well. But we also have an amazing group of Reuben, and we have other great things there that uh, that I'm proud of. That's what she said. Um, he said, "Try doing it slow." That's what she said. But to also to answer your question, there's a lot of people that would be opening a business. Let's say they used to work for me, or I worked with them in a different capacity, or some level of respect level that they'll ask me for their opinion, or the, and at that point, I will be very honest. Sure. Um, but if someone's opening their fifth restaurant. Uh, you know, and we're not that good friends. I'm not going to tell him what I would do differently because who knows who says I'm right, by the way. Yeah. You know, if the server was giving me the middle finger and telling me to go fuck myself, I would tell him that. Different. Um, but I'm not going to tell him how he should be, you know, doing his service, him or her. That Chug's, uh, Chug's subject is a, is a very, it's a tumultuous one for me. Well, the more time you wait, the harder it is to do it. I'm only doing it because sure. I lived it, so that's why I'm trying to uh, push but it. It's also like nobody calls it Chug's Diner. They just call it Chug's. But the perception is I'm going there for br- Sunday, you know. Which is like cool. Bagels. I love that. It's like, when do you get bagels? Typically, you're going to get bagels on Sunday morning, Saturday or Sunday morning. But why? Didn't we have this conversation? What was your favorite bagel? Miami? Like in the world? No, uh, here. <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite bagel. I go to Bagel Emporium. I I mean, I go to the bagel. um, The one across from you. Across from you one. Yeah, I I go there. That was my favorite, but I go there. Matt's Matt's last appearance might have been pre-lightning round. Pre-lightning round? Maybe. Yeah. Oh man, I got a light. I got a. I got a list of questions that I don't remember. For that. Lightning round is five questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't pay for Patreon. You would know. I don't pay, but I I should pay. (laughs) Support local guys. I'll tell you, actually, uh, so I need to get some mariquitas for Chugs, and I'm working on that, so I called Burger Beast uh, last week or the week before, and he's like, hey, man, you should come to uh, my burger pop-up at Mojo Donuts. I said, all right, cool. So I went, and it's been a long time since I went to one of his pop-ups. The burger was fucking delicious, like fucking real. I'm not a big burger eater. You know, I've talked about this before, like, I'll eat like half a burger and be like super solid. I crushed that entire fucking thing. It was, was, was it just him or was he like doing a collaboration? No, it was just him. Yeah. It's like five, four burgers and a frita, I think, that he, yeah. he did. It's like, I kind of wish that I went with more people so I, we could have ordered more shit, but I mean, it was delicious. I got there at 11, got my burger, crushed it, left. It was fucking real good. Shout out to Burger Beast for naming a burger after me way back when. Oh, he did name it. That's right, with all yeah. the stuff that was sent to your house. With the Okonomi sauce. Do you still have that or no? I still have some, I think. I named it after you? Yeah, so the, the story was, we, we might have talked about this way back when he, when he did it, but he did a, a thing at Mojo Donuts with uh, Hungry Yokai. I don't know if you know of this guy. He does, like, uh, Japanese fusion pop-up stuff. Um, so they did some, like, Japanese-ish burgers at Mojo Donuts. And um, sort of rewind a little bit. This one day I get home and there's four big flat rate USPS boxes at my front door. <laughs> and I bring them inside. 
they're not for me, uh, but they're they're addressed to my address. So there's no way of like you know figuring out what to do with them. I call the sender, and they tell me like, well, can you just check on what's in there? So I open them up, and each box had. 20 pounds of single serve packets of okonomiyaki like Japanese pancake sauce so they do an investigation it turns out that this was all part of a credit card fraud scheme so somebody had stolen a credit card number I'm sure they bought whatever they wanted to buy but then part of it is they just place random orders for shit and have random stuff sent all over the country so like, like almost like a illegal pay it forward not quite. It, it's more like you're covering your tracks. So, like, if they so if they start trying to trace, like, oh, maybe it's the Okonomi sauce. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. like, you know, show up at Nick's house. Show up at my house. Show me say, your Okonomi sauce. O- so, Okonomiyaki. Okonomiyaki. Say three times fast. So the the manufacturer just told me like, listen, if you really want to go to the post office and send it back, you could, but it's fine if you don't want to do that. You know, whatever. So I just kept eighty pounds of Okonomi sauce. In single serve packets, and um, God, who was it? It might have been Burger Beast, um, but I, I think Burger Beast. No, Dave Arvello. Dave Arvello told Mike of the Hungry Yokai that I had all this sauce. So I get a DM from him. We'd never met, and next thing I know, he's like pulling into my driveway to pick up sixty pounds of it. So I kept twenty pounds just in case I decided nice, to have a just in case. Japanese pancake party in my backyard or yes. something. I want to go to a Japanese pancake party in your house. Here we go. Actually, Guess. we have a we have a Chugs pop up sit dinner in October, and uh, Okonomiyaki is on the menu. Where'd you source it from? <laughs> well, who, who took my who took Okonomi- my Okonomi money? Yaki like the pancake, right? But it takes sauce over, you know. Where I'll you- make my own sauce. Oh my bad. Support local guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick being the local in this scenario. Exactly. I'm, I'm very much in the Okonomi business right now. No, actually, and, and, and just to fuck with Nick, I'd prefer you didn't make it yourself. Buy it from somebody in China Here and let go. Nick hold on to his 80, uh, 20 pounds at his house and not sell it. Here we go. Um, I don't know if you guys were in the middle of something, but we're coming up on 45 minutes. So, Well, my bike ride's usually like an hour, yeah. so... Give me another five, ten yeah, minutes. Yeah. No, I'm sure. But I, I, I was going to ask you. So, like, uh, you train a lot. Um, I keep fit. I don't want to say I train a lot, but I swim every Wednesday in Key Biscayne. I ride my bike every Sunday, and I run usually on Mondays, and then I go to the gym twice a week. Do you just? Uh, this is actually. This is a has a lot to do with Nick because Nick hates like motivational stuff, right? You know, it's, we have this back and forth all the time. But like, uh, so I listen to a lot of like self-talk stuff when I, getting ready to train, when I train, like the whole thing. What gets you prepared mentally to train? Ooh. Um, like, do you listen to anything specific? Well, or obviously, is it just the, like, uh, you, you know, wake up and I'm like, I'm going to swim a fucking mile without a problem. I have, and- a, I have a schedule already, so I'm set on that schedule and I'm, I'm 45 years old, so... If I don't, well, it's, you know what? You know, it's, I do the triathlons, and so I know they're coming up, and so I have to continue to do it, or I won't be ready. So I have one in two weeks. So I know that if I skip it, I'm not going to be able. What to I'm saying is, you don't listen. Rocky Four soundtrack. So it's a soundtrack. Sometimes the greatest hits because there's a couple songs like "Eye of the Tiger" is not really necessarily in Rocky Four, Rocky Three. So sometimes that. Um, I have a big problem with my workout music, but I don't listen to. I don't listen to music. I listen to self-talk the whole time. Yeah, sometimes I do, like, jazz or classical when I'm riding my bike, but running is hard. Well, that's different, though. Like, when I go for longer runs, like, I'll listen to, like, Sade. Because I need to, like, I need my brain to be, like, 
be happy about something other than the fact that you're running eight miles right now. Like it needs to it needs to be somewhere else than where I am currently, and that's like the worst thing. You know, like what, my longest run recently was like twelve miles. And oh it was wow, like, that's a lot. It was just like two hours of just like shit. Just like you know. Are like, you walking? Or are you running the whole time? I'm running. Oh shit. Yeah, I'm running. Yeah, see, I'm not I mean, a- at my own, the one thing I've decided, too, about training in general is that, like, I remember when I was younger, obviously everything was like a competition, and you're like, you know, when you train football-wise, there's another dude next to you that's trying to take your lunch money, like, the whole thing. Now, it's just like, it's just you versus you. So it's like, when you train, it's like however you want to spec out your training. It's like, so if I today want to run an eight-and-a-half-minute mile, then that's what I'm going to run. If I want to run eight miles at 11 and a half minutes because that's what I'm training myself to do a half marathon then that's what I'm going to do I will say this uh, my wife is a beast when it comes to working out I mean she is she's just relentless so when you have someone she's your definitely household, in better shape than both of us oh beyond she can beat me in anything uh, physically in that scenario so when I come home and she worked out and then she's like doing sit ups at night before yeah. bed and she's like come join me it's like you know, it's hard to not uh, to have someone that's uh, motivated like that and not stay as motivated. Well, we did that, you know, like uh, we're in September now, but August we did the our run month as a company. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, right? You told me. Yeah. So it, it was it was pretty amazing. We had some people like really do it to it, like Georgia, which is our director of ops now. Not she doesn't like working out running. She ran. 50 miles on the dot. That's a lot. And she's continued to run 50 miles. Well, she's going to run, uh, I think 30 was her goal for the month this month. But it's like, you know, it's like that continuous pressure of like having to do it. We had some guys do like 80 or 90 miles. But you listen to yourself how, while you're running or before you run? It depends. Like when I box, it's before. So like when the days that I spar, it's like, you know, obviously I have to warm up. Shadow box for a Send it to me. Maybe I'll try it. I never, I never really listened to that stuff. It's really just like, I mean, it's just talks. Like people. It's like you're sleeping. No, not like that. Is it, get into like a, a, like zone. a Jocko Willing podcast or something? Is that? No, it's. I mean, he's in there for sure. It'll be like you know, like today it was Mike Tyson for ten minutes talking about being ruthless. And you I'm just like, have it on repeat or something? No, it'll go from one episode of one thing, and then sometimes I'll have to skip because it's like talking about like something I don't really care about. So it's like motivation radio? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially exactly what we're doing, but like self-talk. It's podcasts about like that okay. are yeah, yeah. cut-up speeches of X, Y, and Z oh, okay. about a certain topic. Yeah, yeah, like compilation type stuff. Pretty much. By yeah. the way, this place is beautiful. Thanks, um, man. If you haven't been here, I would uh, recommend it. It really is nice, especially the toilets and the gold trunks, oh which I've mentioned to you. The right whole yeah. weird, let me ask you. I have took you one ever... picture of this place, and it was the toilet. Thank you. Uh, past past uh, podcast guest Lucy Lopez uh, went into the bathroom. Uh, this was a couple months ago now. Came out and told me that's a bathroom people should fuck in. Yeah. Shout out to Lucy. Yeah. Shout out to Lucy. Lucy. I don't know if that's encouraged by, by the management, way, uh, but this year uh, Lucy had to do the uh, Pata Susi Olympics solo because apparently you had better things to do than co-host with of, her. It was one of my very good friend's birthdays in yes. which we celebrated it in the We gave you a keys. six months advance notice, but it's okay. And I told you that I couldn't go Sorry. Right. with advance notice. Just Lucy you're cutting was, me off. was fine without you. I'm sure she was. <laughs> she definitely doesn't need me as a sidekick well, to be she's entertaining. Amazing. Have you ever been to a urinal that has ice in it? Yes. What is the purpose? No idea. 
Do you know what the purpose is? I think there's a special... Uh, first off, there's no splashback. So there's that level. Fair. I think that's probably the main purpose. But the second purpose, which I think is enjoyable, is watching the ice melt as you, as you urinate is a satisfying feeling. It is fun. This is the most random thing. Like, I, you know, like, I remember it in, like, dodgy bars and stuff. You know, like, you're trying to empty out the well and you just yep. throw it in the fucking urinal. I think urinal. it also takes away the smell slightly, I would imagine. Ice? Especially in a divey bar. I think, like, heat would intensify the smell, so maybe having it cold just kind of kills it. Well, anyways, we went to a nicer restaurant on Monday, and, you know, there was uh, ice in the urinal. Some, Mich- like, some Michelin-starred ice urinals? And it was weird. I was like, I don't totally understand. I mean, I guess there's a purpose. Somebody put thought behind this, but, like, this was this is a little weird. Well, you know, I teach a class at FIU called the Restaurant or Restaurant Development. I've, and been, I, on, I've been in the you've class. Been a, you've been there, and I'm going to ask you to be again this uh, semester. Uh, but I'm going to bring it up in my class and see make it make, yes and see if it's uh, see what the response is from the younger generation interesting cuz i haven't seen it a lot i used to see it in my 20s a lot like a, I, right i but like you said dive bar type place but we did bars. see it this week so it, it came up but in a, in like a nice restaurant i've never seen it in i've like never a, seen it in a nice restaurant uh, i didn't necessarily hate it but i was um, yeah. i didn't hate it either like i just didn't i was like is there something i'm missing I, there's a memo and obviously Zach loved it Fucking A, did he ever? It's just like every time I went to the bathroom to a picture of the urinal, I'm just like, what's going on, dude? Why yeah. are we doing this? I have a so, urinal of Fidel Castro. He likes ice. Yeah. He likes ice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So, is there any new plans for more things? Uh, yes and no. I told you, I try to focus on well rounding. So, like, I teach at FIU. I'm actually getting my master's right now at FIU, which is insane. I have homework this week. Um, uh, you know I'm involved with Pace Center for Girls and Sebastian Strong, so that takes a lot of my time. With the restaurants that we have, um, you know, Winwood, we are going to redesign. And I'm going to expand the kitchen, and I'm going to end up putting a bar upstairs. Um, so that's going to be very exciting. Upstairs, like rooftop bar? No, like, like second floor. Oh, second floor. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we were going to put apartments there, but now I'm going to put a bar upstairs. So I'm actually really excited about that. And then, you know, I'm going to be your neighbor on Coral Way or off Coral Way um, 32nd in the next year and a half. I'll have a bar there. Um, so between those two and kind of what I have going on, that's that's pretty much it. I'm in the design phase of those two. The uh, one on Coral Way, you have like a concept or? Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, the easy way of saying it is like a cool dive bar. Sure. Um, a dive bar that, that a girl could come in and not feel icky. That's kind of the vibe. So a dive bar that's clean that has AC. Yeah. That's clean, has AC, and, it, and it's kind of like, you know, retro, and obviously I'm going to put all my things. At the time, I thought it was going to be my last bar I was ever going to do because I'm kind of, like, done opening new things. So every idea I've had in the last 15 years that I haven't put, I've put <coughs> in this very small space. <laughs> it's so, a really cool fucking space. Yeah, though. there's going to be. I mean, I, I'm sad because I, I love the space now, too. It's a Honduran restaurant. Um, even though your cleaning lady said it's the worst Honduran food ever, I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, I find the Baleadas really good. I mean, I thought they were delicious. I yeah. went with you, so. Um, and if you go there on a Friday night, drink a beer. It's fucking amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, we should do this, a podcast there. Yeah, or we should just go. Out. We should have gone there the other night. Shit. Oh yeah. That would have been perfect. Is there a TV there? Yeah, there is. It's probably on Telemundo, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was game. why we went to Taurus because <laughs> we wanted to watch the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that like uh, Coralway is an interesting. A lot of people told me when we opened the Gibson, it was like, oh, you know, we don't know, blah, blah. I'm like, man, that place is like, I mean, there's a lot of people in that like 30 to 
45 range that want to go out for a drink, that don't want to go to Brickell, don't want to go to the Grove, don't want to go to the Gables. And, I mean, we feel it at the Gibson. I mean, like, it's uh, we're super blessed to have, like, an amazing core of regulars there. Yeah. Um, and also, like, newcomers and, you know. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you have everything on the menu, it's amazing. <laughs> this fucking guy. Um, but dick. I will say that uh, it's my favorite. You know, I, I like I can't go to Ariette. Like it's that's like a once in a almost like a lifetime at this point. Is it? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a night. It's an experience. It's a whole thing, and that's amazing. But for me, I go to Gibson once a week, and I, and it won't get stale for me at all. Cool. Um, and if Chugs wasn't a diner, I'd go there once a week too. Here we go. But uh, I can only get diner, you know, so so often. But you said it yourself that it's not a diner. I know, but mentally it's, you know. Mentally it's, it's yeah. a diner? Yeah, I want my shitty coffee. I want, you know, I want. You don't the, get shitty coffee there. Well, then take out the diner word. No. And then you can serve good coffee. I mean, you could serve good coffee in a diner. Then it's not really a diner. What do you mean? Why not? You serve coffee, you should just serve good coffee. Because I go to a diner, coffee. I want $3 eggs, shitty coffee, bacon, home fry, you know. Like, That's why diners don't exist anymore. Because they can't pay the rent on $3 I know, eggs. I know. That's why I love Jimmy's, but. I mean, Jimmy's is the shit. Uh, we'll see how long. I mean, I don't know. I, if I, Jimmy's was 24 hours, it, w- it could have been and could be the staple of Miami. But since they close at 4, unfortunately, it never will be. Right, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. In the afternoon, yeah. Right. That was 24 yeah. hours. Woo! That would probably be the place to go in I mean, because they're slammed every time I go like, during the day. It's the only diner that I really know that's, that's worth going to. But is Chuck Wagon a diner? Um, yeah, I guess you could call it. It says restaurant, which is another serious thing. When the words mislead you because that is a diner. They're call, trying to be a restaurant, and that throws you off a little bit. Is a diner not a type of restaurant? Yeah, but I don't know. I think, like anything, if you put you know, a word, well, Are we venturing into hot dog taco territory right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's relax. Is a hot dog a sandwich? It definitely is. Nah, he's doing radio now. We don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> hot dog is not a sandwich. A hot dog is not a sandwich. I'm gonna go to a hot dog place. Is an empanada a a sandwich? No. Is a choripang a sandwich? Yes. Yeah, but choripang is just it's in between two pieces of bread, no? It's on a bun. It's on a bun. Yeah. The bread. So, is for it like to be considered a sandwich? Does the bread have to not be? You might need to be. You might need to uh, click it like a little slower. On on, right where you were clicking it. Slow. No. There you go. go. A little finicky. Sorry, you were saying about Chori Pan? I'm just saying, does the bread need to not be connected to be a sandwich? Because I've, a hoagie is not connected. I've had Chori Pan on a bread that was just not cut all the way through. I think Chori Pan is a sandwich. Is it Italian beef a sandwich? I don't think it's a technical. Sure. I don't think it's a technical thing. It's a perception thing. It's a sandwich shop that doesn't have hot dogs. Um, a hot dog place has hot dogs. Do you think pub cart are, has hot dogs? Do you think pub subs are overrated? No, unfortunately, I. Do love them a lot, I but I will them. say this: the sandwich them. culture in Miami is very weak. For sure. Um, and so, if there was better options, it wouldn't be a thing. But since there aren't, you know, how do you feel about subs, etc.? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I associate that more with hot subs, and I like hoagies. I like grinders. I think I, I like actually, cold subs. when I go there, I have hot subs. I think. So I'm not a big hot sub guy. I mean, I'll, I'll eat them every once in a while when they're in their moment, but uh, I like. Like a hoagie, like Italian hoagie or yeah, turkey like a sandwich. Cold, like a cold, like a cold. Like a Quiznos from Nick's dad. Yeah. Well, a Quiznos was hot. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, See, on the, on the, I always thought the conveyor belt was uh, amazing. Oh, yeah. 
I thought it was like so many options you could do on the conveyor belt with a sandwich. And it really changed the game. Like that's when Publix started toasting sandwiches. Like that didn't used to be a thing. Quiznos. So you, so you think Publix started toasting sandwiches because of Quiznos? I think Quiznos was the beginning of that like wave of. Now everybody gives you the option of, do you want us to put that in an oven? Speaking of great sandwiches in Miami, I think Josh's Deli has some of the best sandwiches in the city. But again, more hot sandwiches. Uh, For sure. Like uh, yeah. when I went the other day, we had uh, the Reuben and we had um, the Jubenize. I think it was like a mix between a, it's like a Jewish Cuban yeah. sandwich. I mean, it was fucking delicious. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I haven't been there. In a, I went there once, like a month ago, and from there, I've been there like six years, and both times were equally as good. So um, good. That guy's such, little hole in the wall. Such a legend because he just like works a line by himself. Yeah, it's fucking impressive, man. I told you, I went there. He, they closed, and oh, I basically yeah, yeah. got invited to someone's table who I, I forgot how I um, how I knew him, but and he just let me eat his food off his table, and it was great. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like one of those gems in Miami. It's just kind of like. What is it on, like? 79th, you know? No, farther. Surfside. It's in Surfside. Yeah, it's far, but it's fucking so good. You know... 96, sorry. Super Subs, etc., I think is really good. Hungry Bear is good. No? You don't, you're not No, it's, they're not good. It's just, if you had a, lo- a sandwich culture, they would be average. Sure. But since you don't, they're obviously... But you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Danny was trying to do it, and I, I, I love that he was you know, trying to do it. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I mean, you go to the Northeast, they're everywhere. Yeah. And so I grew up with that culture of just having an Italian sub everywhere. Obviously, this is a Spanish culture, which, similar to the Quizzos, I think it's a Spanish thing to eat sandwiches hot. Not necessarily only a Spanish thing, but Spanish people do like them hot. At least I've seen in my circle, like, I won't go to Publix and get a hot sandwich. I get a cold do you, sandwich. Do you think a Cuban sandwich needs to be pressed? Yes. No. Yeah. yeah. I disagree. 100%. I, I think just Cuban does a pan con lechon. I don't think it can nah, be pan con lechon less so, but I prefer it pressed. So if the inside, so if the bread is warm and the inside is hot, why does it need to be pressed? Because how can you sell shitty ham and call it good if it's not hot? I'm just saying. I, I just think that at that point you're destroying the tech, like the the actual like integrity of the bread. What's the best way to hide quality uh, meat? Yeah, by hot heating it up. Yeah, by pressing by, it thin. That's how you hide by it. By it being hot. I don't know. That's why I chugs we don't press any of the sandwiches. I like the I and like the crunch quality meat, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, I mean I I don't know. Like for me, I love the bread that we use and I obviously I love like what we put in sandwiches. And, like I don't want them pressed. I love sandwiches. For me, I could eat sandwiches and cereal all day long. Um, I can't eat. I mean, I love cereal. I can't eat cereal. It's just so bad for you. I know. It's just like fucking incredible. You eat cereal? Rarely. Rarely. What's yeah. your cereal of choice? Oh man, it's it's been a long time since I bought cereal. Honestly, I, I think if I had to if I had to commit to one cereal for a significant amount of time, I'd probably go Honey Bunches of Oats. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's huh? like somewhere in the middle of like because oats. Yeah, the word sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it sounds, sounds good. It's still honey and shit. Like you yeah. feel like it's still a childish, decadent, you know, sweet. It's a good one. Where are you at? You know, I'm. I guess I'm classic at this point. I'm, I'm just doing honey nut Cheerios at this. Point. I mean, honey nut Cheerios is delicious. I'm frosted flakes. I love. You know, cinnamon toast crunch. I also love, but it's just like sugar bombs. Like I can't believe yeah, I, I can't used eat to eat that much sugar. Man. I I can't believe I used to eat that for breakfast once upon a time. I also like all the stuff with dried strawberries in it. Oh yeah, yeah. like like the grape nuts. Any of grape nuts, the special K with straw. Like, if there's dried strawberries, I'm in. Yeah, I think that's like a. Have to be in a mood. It's for funny that. how the American culture is eating sweets for breakfast. 
but aren't a lot of cultures like that? Are they? I, I don't mean, know, man. a croissant with fucking yeah, I guess chocolate so. in it. A croissant with almond. Yeah, you that's know, like true, yeah. uh, I look at my kids like when I make them breakfast, and if it's not eggs, I'm like, fucking pancakes, waffles. It's just fucking sugar, 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 sugar. Pastelitos in the morning. Yeah. You know, like I mean, there's a lot of cultures that do that. I guess yeah. they eat it with coffee, so maybe it's like a little bit of a right. It's always the the thing is like, oh, it just goes well with my coffee. Yeah, but when exactly. you're crushing three pastelitos and you're having a cotelito, like. Psh, you're already at like fucking, you know, twenty tablespoons of fucking sugar for the morning. It's pretty wild. I'm not a big sweets for breakfast. I, I'll do it, but part of why I don't eat cereal is I'll have eggs and toast a million times before. I, I can have cereal for, for dessert, easy. Yeah. yeah, like I just I don't have a lot of uh, dairy either. Like I try not do to. Do you like hash browns? I love hash browns. So Jimmy's is the only place that I can have really good hash browns. Is there any other? Hash I, browns I struggle from? with hash browns. Well, just like me personally trying to like do them because like I think that there's an art form behind it and it's just like everyone fucks them up. It's also like the flat top needs to be like a certain temperature right. for me to do it on a consistent basis. So like why can like for me I eat hash browns and I have to put ketchup on it, French fries, sure ketchup. Why can't I eat a baked potato with ketchup? Like why is that the most nasty yeah, but, thing but, I've ever? But heard a of? baked potato and a hash brown are different, right? Because it well, essentially I'm a potato. Yeah, but a hash brown is like French fries. It's more like a French fry than it is uh, just like a potato. Right. So, like, there was a thick of potato chip in Canada. I saw someone that they had, like, ketchup potato chips. And oh. it sounds disgusting. I know. That sounds actually real good. But then you're thinking about it. It's like potatoes and ketchup is exactly what we eat. Are, but are you, the, are, are you the kind of guy that looks down on people that use ketchup? On meat? No, not, not on meat. I think that's... Pew, pew, pew. Sorry. I, I, Sorry. You eat, my bad. If you eat Beep. ketchup <laughs> on eggs, my mom does that, um, I would probably vomit. Ketchup on eggs? Yeah. I've seen it a lot. I... Yeah. I for sure in my younger life have done that. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Are you... Do you look down on people that use ketchup? No. Just in general? No. Just in general. Who, because yeah. I, who, who there's a lot of there's ketchup? a lot of stuff is like, if you put ketchup on stuff, you're a fucking idiot. No, like, like, if you're in Chicago I've eating a hot dog, maybe. Besides that, I don't know. So, uh, is, is ketchup on a hot dog bad? Um, you know, for that, I kind of go for the place. If I'm in Chicago, I definitely... Buy, I, I buy into people having their, like, their way. Whether yeah, sure. it's right or wrong, like I love Chicago that. Dog. I love that people are passionate whether I agree or disagree. I love that. So I love that they don't eat ketchup on hot dogs. Um, but do I put ketchup on hot dogs? Yeah, sure. But I don't need it. Mayonnaise and mustard is fucking amazing. Oh, um, so you're mayonnaise and mustard on your hot dog guy. Mustard is a must. Um, yeah. And onions is a must. I'm, well, Everything my, else I can mix My hot dog is just kraut mustard. That's the hot dog that I like. I think chili cheese dogs are just like... It's a mess. That's another thing. You know, like, we don't have that many... I mean, our betters we talked about, but we don't have many hot dogs... In Miami, either we have no hot dogs, just Arbetters and uh, what's the place like the on Seventy Ninth Doggies or no, that's the I don't know, uh, Dogma. Dogma, yeah. And you know, like Arbetters is great, but it's not. I love I love Arbetters. It's like it's it's my childhood, and I love it. I will say this: we were on the way to uh, a birthday party at the bowl at Bird Bowl. And we stopped at our betters, and we definitely crushed uh, a chili and a I, hot dog I in the car, like it. on it's the just way like, there. But they're like cans of chili. Yeah, yeah. Cans of cheese. Right. You know, like it, you know, like I get it. I I love. Uh, we're gonna start doing late night hot dogs at Taurus after the kitchen closes. I'm pretty pumped about that. Just like I don't know, like I love hot dogs. It's just like no one really does them. Yeah, I love the poppy seed bun that Chicago, the pickles beer. I, I love. What, what that. is the Chicago do- dog in? It's a pickle, mustard, poppy seed. It's got bun. the poppy seed bun. Uh, the There's celery salt else. is the big thing. 
But and there's onions too, no? Uh, onions. Uh, I mean, you got to Google it 100. Yeah. percent But it's celery, salt, onions, uh, the pickle spear, um, and I think is it relish? Then? Yeah. Philly cheesesteak. We just started serving those at uh, Clevender. I disagreed to it, and it's right now our, I think, our number one seller this week. <laughs> For sure. Sounds about right. I don't know. Like, I love a good Philly cheesesteak, just like I, you don't see many good ones ever. Yeah. I mean, other after having Philly cheesesteaks in Philly, it's like, it's kind of hard. Yeah, but I know. can't do the cheese whiz. Well, I mean, you know. A, you like a true, fake cheese. I can't stand fake cheese. I mean, a true uh, Philly cheesesteak goes with Cooper Sharp American. Oh, well, I'm saying I know you like American cheese on your burgers, and I can't do that. I mean, I think Cooper Sharp American cheese is better than a lot of cheeses. Fair enough. I'm just, I like, I, I, I was a hardcore craft American singles person for a long time. And Brittany Rothwell, because she's from Philly, she was like, you need to try Cooper Sharp. She found Cooper Sharp in Miami. She brought it. We made a burger with nothing on it with Cooper Sharp. And I was like, all the burgers now come with this. And now we buy, like, a lot of Cooper Sharp to make sure no one else can get any. I guess when I, when I hear American, I just immediately think Kraft Singles, and I forget that there's other options of American cheese, I guess. I actually don't know it. if there's, like, I, I've never tried any other. Like, it's just Kraft American, and this one is, right. like, fucking. So maybe I just haven't had that one. Uh, I mean, it's consciously. fucking, it's real fucking good. Like, I'm also not, like, a fancy cheese on my burger guy. Mm. You like fancy cheese on your burger? Um, yes. Like, I'll, I love a What's blue cheese burger. What's your ideal burger built? Well, for you, for me, um, the burger that I eat is the classic, our classic, which is lettuce, tomato, pickle, mayo, mustard, onions uh, with cheddar cheese. And that to me, as crazy as you can get with every other style, to me, that's what I'm going to eat every single time. Yours are thick patties, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How many ounces of patty? Um, well, we just got a patty maker uh, that's cool. this week. So I'll, I'll like answer that, that question uh, next week. Yeah, I like a patty maker. Consistency is key. Yeah, it costs twelve thousand dollars. So, <laughs> well, listen, we have a croquette machine. It costs twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's just, but all the croquettes look the same, yeah. which is ideal. And they're all like gigantic missiles. So yeah, I love Miami because we got croquettes, we got pasta, we got things that don't involve that don't exist in really other cultures in this in this country. But man, the sandwich, the hot dog game, the diner game, I, I do miss. But those it's like things. you look at it like you know, um, there's a lot of Hispanics here. Like the sandwiches are just different. I think they don't eat vegetables. I, well, for sure, that's you know, for sure. That's, a, that's but like a thing. when you when you look at like sandwich culture, there is a sandwich culture. It's just not like <coughs> it's not the one you're talking about. Nick, do you put vegetables on your sandwich? Other than say lettuce, or like something? lettuce, tomato, pickle, onions. I do lettuce, tomato. I don't like pickles at all. Onions, I'll do any kind of onion, but if I prefer like a caramelized onion, but I'll do raw onions. When you're working at Quiznos, do they put vegetables on those after they heat them up? Yeah, like there was the option of like the typical, you know, sub sandwich. I like uh, 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 some peppers, onion. There was spinach. There was. Yeah, I find it a very Latin thing that uh, vegetables is like. Uh, well, on like a you know, just like common. a like a roast pork sandwich. I didn't know what a fucking roast pork sandwich was until I was like twenty three or twenty four, and then I I love them. I fu- that's like, I would say that I probably enjoy a good like John's roast pork in Philly. I like that more than a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, that line was uh, long. Yeah, no joke. I mean, we got there like super early, so the line wasn't super long, but that shit is fucking good. I waited an hour for a sandwich, and it was good. I don't know if I waited an hour again, but... I mean, I I waited no line. So for me, it was a great experience. I just like... 
When I look at the sandwich culture of Miami specifically, it's just Hispanics. And then can I ask you a question? We, I, I, I kind of brought this up the other day, but I didn't get an opinion from you. So if I decided to start my own, uh, with friends and family, um, media outlet, and we called it um, Jimmy Goodyear Mustache, uh-huh. is that something you're going to support or not support? Why, why wouldn't I support you? Oh, you were giving me looks the other night when me and Jose were bringing it no, up. No, because I think, it, well, I, this is a broader conversation. I think now that Michelin has been in Miami for two years, a lot of people like to poo-poo the Michelin Award. Oh, yeah. It's not a poo-poo on it. I... I'm not saying that you were, but I just, it's a lot of things that we have gotten here as of late. And I mean, just me, like when I hear talk and things happening and I also like at the same time, you got it, Nick? Um, it annoys the fuck out of me. I think it's just a creative way to say that this is what we like, not that that's bad. This, uh, is, our, this, is, our, this is our opinions. Yeah. Instead of James Board, we got James Beer, we got the Jimmy Mustache. Instead of the good, Michelin, we got the Goodyear, and these are our favorites. I didn't give, Those you, a, are their I favorites. I didn't give you a side eye. Well, Jose thought you were uh, not happy with the conversation, and I was all about Jimmy Mustache Awards. Yeah, I mean, and I, I even got fake mustaches. No comment from you guys. Listen, I support my friends even when they do <laughs> bad things. <laughs> as long as it's local. That's the local the basis of the of the entire hour. I don't know. I like uh, that was really uh, well because also Zach is like a. A perfect example of someone that has like uh, the recognition that kind of just speaks about it very like aloof and just kind of like whatever. But you know, he's also not been awarded by the James Beard Awards every single year when he should have been many, many times. So you know, and he's very keen on that. So you know, like I just think it's uh, there's layers to that answer. For me, of course, I support you, and I'm like. Uh, Nick, if you want a side gig, we're going to start the uh, Jimmy, quotation mark, Goodyear mustache Oh, man, the name's uh, getting podcast. longer and longer here. Well, Goodyear's his middle name. It's Jimmy Mustache. Got it. Jimmy Goodyear Mustache. Yeah, we'll put or a... Na- or uh, Napa, Napa I'll, put, I'll put a plaque. I'll put yeah. a plaque so you give us plaques, too. Uh, are we going to do, like, golden mustaches? Cool. I think that's great. And they can put them at the door? Should Maybe, give like, out, stickers. should like give them out during November, right? November, yeah, it's a good yeah, idea. November, See, we're already, we're already, we're already twerking. Me, me and Jose are doing this. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Apparently, we're all going to Puerto Rico in February. Uh, yeah, if he's opening a restaurant for he's sure. He's opening a restaurant in Puerto Rico, which he's very pumped about. Yes. He's not here to talk about it, but he was very <laughs> pumped about it. He's very, very pumped. Uh, I think we've hit, we've hit sandwiches. So the, the, the one thing that I wanted to get into before we shift to all the wind-down shit was because we had wanted to do this before that Pace Center for Girls event yes. that happened a while ago. So just in case somehow we managed to screw that up again next year, can we talk about what that is sure. in, in a way that will still feel relevant next year? Of course. And we're going to do it every year. So we did an event uh, in July called Taste the Pace, and I invited a, a bunch of uh, well-known chefs. Um, Michael Schwartz quickly said yes, and everybody else with the exception of Michael Beltran, said yes immediately. That's correct. I did not participate um, in the event. And uh, it was one of the, if not the best event I've ever been to, to be honest with you. It was 10 James Beard, Michelin, every award you could think of chefs, all putting together an event uh, to celebrate Pace Center for Girls, which is a, a local school here in Alapata that helps uh, teenage girls that uh, are in difficult situations. I, I get a little complicated on that. Uh, we raised $100,000 uh, towards that school. 
Uh, and we had uh, my friend Alan Chamo, who's a mentalist, who was amazing. We had Carlos from Only and Dade, was great. Gio did some cocktails from a Havana Club and uh, Voli sponsored, and obviously the chefs were the show. But the beautiful thing was we did it at the uh, you know Southern Wine and Spirits building in Wynwood, and uh, which is an amazing kitchen. All the chefs, it looked like a soup kitchen, and everybody was just like helping everybody out. But when you looked over, it was just ten amazing chefs helping each other out, just kind of digging in, and it was really something really cool. I'd never really seen that before. Um, Atomic was there doing a live art piece. Um, it was just an awesome, awesome high-level gala event that I was very proud of. And everybody on the team, Jennifer, Wolf, Christina, they killed it. Um, and uh, so we're going to do it again every year. Hopefully one year Michael will say yes. I'm not sure what the boycott was about. We can talk about it I another day. I don't have a boycott. But um, everybody else was amazing. Brad, Neven, every, everybody, you know, even people that I wasn't close with, jumped on and really uh and really did amazing stuff and everybody raved about it made money awesome everyone had fun it was just great so we're gonna do it every year in the summertime so it's off off season for uh you know miami and hopefully uh you'll see it next year is there like a a website people could go to now to get on a mailing list so that next year they get reminded Um, or whatever it is that's a good question uh i mean right now i would say pace center uh for girls.org um is that but that, that that's more about the organization yeah yeah uh, the taste of pace, I guess the best way to do it is follow Kush Hospitality because we'll be the okay. ones pushing it out. I mean, cool. um, we, you know, we'll be pushing it out the most. We don't, we don't hire. Like, uh, Larry Carino did free PR for us, uh, which was really nice, but we didn't really, like, yeah. do an official, like, social media engagement. Long Island like, Larry is great. Yeah. Long Island Larry. I heard it was a great event. Uh, Chef Devin was a part of the event. Yeah. She had a great time. She said it was good stuff. And it was awesome. Afterwards, we all partied at Kush, and uh, the mentalist, my friend Chamo, uh, he hypnotized. That guy's, uh, guy's weird, man. He's, he's amazing. He's really like, man, this guy, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. It's uh, fucking wild. But I he, don't know. When he, I watched that guy, that guy do shit, I'm just kind of like, I don't want this guy to get anywhere near me. Well, he hypnotized uh, Jose, and it was hilarious. It was awesome. Oh, that's good. Um, and we have it on tape. It was, it was really fun stuff. Nice. But anyways, taste the pace next year. Yeah, we're definitely going to do it again. And uh, I was very proud of it. It was the first time a big event I kind of did, and I, I've never, it was so flawless. It was amazing because of the team that put it together. Time out. Oh, yeah, I'll put it on. Uh, cool. I'm glad that wasn't me. So, uh, we can move on to, uh, so you want to do some of the wind down stuff? Sure, we can wind it down. We so, can... we'll start with um, our uh, parting recommendations. Cool. I had almost forgotten what we do next. So, parting recommendations, this is where you recommend literally anything. It could be something that's yours, something that is, sorry, something that's not yours. So it could be a movie, a book, a place you went, a meal you had. As long as it's not yours, what do you recommend people check out? Well, I guess I mentioned earlier, but I guess uh, uh, Fans First is a a book about the Savannah Bananas and and Unreasonable Hospitality. If you're in this industry, um, they were both pretty inspiring books for me. I'm not a huge book reader, and uh, they both caught my attention and, and made me finish fast. So I, I recommend that for anybody who's, you know, trying to put a brand together or trying to do something in hospitality. That's it. Oh, any more? I mean, you know, um, show, music, whatever. Um, my daughter and I are really just reigniting in Sia. I love Sia. What is that? The music, the artist, the singer. There's a singer named Sia. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's been around a long time. She's. 
you, you know her stuff. But uh, my daughter, like, when she gets into it, so now I listen to it every day in my car. So here's, I guess, I'll give you the one. So Sia's known. She's got, she, wrote, she writes all these songs for, you know, Britney Spears and Rihanna and all that stuff. She sings Chandelier and whatever, Titanium, a bunch of stuff. But she's got a Christmas album, um, which has original Christmas songs. And uh, Ho 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 and uh, Mr. Snowman. Mr. Snowman, which is a Christmas song, might be my favorite song right now. And it's oh, a Christmas yeah. song, original. It is fucking amazing. And uh, it's not like something new, but since my daughter's like really into Sia right now, uh, I'm just listening to it a lot. So I guess I'd recommend that. Cool. Check out Sia's Christmas album in uh, September. Nice. I love that. Well, we're, 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 we're getting tuned up for uh, holidays here. Mike, parting recommendation? Uh... Last time we did this, did I did I recommend the Lebanese guys? Maybe. I don't know. Their shawarma is great, man. You recommend them to me, and I did go, and, and they were good, and he was really nice, the guy. Just I mean, Alamir? Yeah. No, it's, no, uh, it's across. It's like on Bird, but it's okay. down the street. Got it, got it. It's really fucking good. The uh, guy uh, who runs it, Muhammad, he's like, the shawarma is fucking delicious. So good. Kibe is really good. Uh, I really, really fucking enjoyed it. It was great. Um, I also recommend, uh, even though I'm not like a huge burger guy, that Burger Beast burger was really fucking good. Next yep. time he does a pop-up, I would probably recommend a go. Um, Shows-wise, um, you know, like a lot of people are talking shit about that new Star Wars show. I like it. Ahsoka. I saw the first two episodes. I thought they were great. Yeah. But I, I didn't mean, see anything past that I, yet. I'm on, I, I think they're on episode five. I'm caught up. Like, it was really good, entertaining. Like, obviously, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm more of a Star Trek guy than I am a Star Wars person. Yeah, but, I'm more Star uh, Wars. I mean, the show's good. Well done. Interesting. Good acting. Cool with me. Um, I'm in the middle of Unreasonable Hospitality. It's a very good book. So, uh you know, I'll, I guess I'll fully recommend it when I'm done. But I say it's a controversial subject for a lot of chefs, but I thought the Bear season two was really good. I haven't watched it yet, so I thought but it took me two years to watch the first. I, season. I get it that it's like a stressful and it's like it's like ah, it's too much. But the episode where and I obviously haven't seen it where he, they go to Copenhagen and the whole episode's him just like kind of staging in Copenhagen, and where like the cousin who's like uh, you know kind of like a cousin, a schlub, cousin. Like learns about hospitality, and they talk about unreasonable hospitality a lot in that, and they kind of reference it the whole time. But he's basically at like you know the greatest restaurant, and like finally it clicks to him about hospitality. To me, you know, for someone who's passionate about front of the house, that was a great episode. To you know, to them showing like that what, what, that what, aspect of it. What I find interesting about that show, so I watched the first season, and I thought the the show was entertaining. What really got me was the second to last episode that I actually like. I cried in that episode because I felt the most connection to that one like I felt like it was the most like what I've lived so I think there's certain aspects that are for entertainment and I think that they're very good and I think that there's other parts of it that are a little more they dig a little deeper for people like us you know because like there are a lot of people like that that are kind of like in the industry because they have to be and then it clicks for them and then it actually makes a lot of sense I'll tell you why you'll like season two I, I, I didn't care for season one that much but season two it's because the whole thing is that they're trying to build a restaurant and it goes from like what kind of equipment am I going to buy and plans and dealing with the half the show is about dealing with the city Oof. and that's my life gosh and yeah. so for some Amen. and that goes back to the conversation about supporting you know people local guys 
going through that process is not really shown on TV. You know, people don't realize what no, it's like. I mean, what do they really show on TV? They don't show shit on TV. But this epi- this season, they show, you know, how to get the money. I don't have money. What do I, how do I cut corners? You know, I got to buy a table. What kind of table do I buy? It's like basically putting a restaurant together. And for me, I could relate to that a lot. Yeah. Um, the first season, I didn't relate to so much. It was just more enjoyable. The second season, I related to a lot. And, and I thought it was great. So I, I know it's a lot of people don't like that, but I liked season two a lot of the I best. mean, I liked the first season. Uh, I just like I need to be in the mood to work after work. Yeah. So like for me to watch the show, I have to be like in that kind of mood. It's a little intense. It's a little like gives you kind I'm of okay like... with intensity. For me, it's just more like the the things like, uh, you know, like be being like reignited into the thing that I just left to say that I don't want to do like I don't want to do it right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when I when I watch shit, it's like sci-fi shit because I'm just trying to decompress. Well, like, another thing, like, in the second thing that, you know, they had, like, one of the line cooks and they, like, kind of send her to culinary school and she gets inspired and all of a sudden she, like, she gets it. It clicks. And you can relate to that all day long when you get somebody who just got a job, they work with you, and all of a sudden it clicks for them and they realize, you know what? This is a passion. I mean, this is important. And they show that. And I don't, like I said, I don't see that a lot on entertainment. So I, I, I think you'll like it a lot. I liked it. Cool. Nick? Uh, it's possible that I've recommended some of this before, but um, things that occur to me are, number one, Cuban rapper Randy Acosta. Okay. Check that out. Very good if you're a rap person. Uh, I watched it on Amazon. It's possible it's somewhere else. Uh, movie called Nobody with, I forget the name of the guy, but he plays the lawyer on Breaking Bad, and then he has that spinoff. Bob Odenkirk? Bob Odenkirk. Nobody is like... In the genre of, like, The Equalizer, John Wick. You're the second person that recommended that to me this week. It was good. It was good. And it was, like, it's more of a sort of relatable character just because, I don't know, Bob Odenkirk doesn't look like an action movie star, you know? By the way, Bob Odenkirk is in season two of The Bear in one episode as, like, oh, yeah? the uncle. Yeah. but no, So nobody's good. Um, a lot better than, than I thought it would be. Uh, also, I think Amazon Jury Duty. Was a lot of fun. I'm that was of, funny. Kind of late to that party, but yeah, that was funny. Jury duty was a good I time. Seen that. It's kind of fucked up, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, like like remember the the Truman Show. Yeah. Jury duty is they basically did this, but it was with a, a fake jury trial, and only one juror doesn't realize it's not real. Oh. So they shoot like a whole reality show, and he just thinks that he's a juror on a jury that they're making like a documentary style thing about. Everybody else is an actor. Wow. And he doesn't realize it until the whole thing is over. But it's kind of fucked up because he's like making relationships with the people and they're just like lying to his face. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's uh, like, wait, are you my friend or are we not friends? Because I don't fucking know you. Right. But it was entertaining, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'll recommend, which again, possible I've recommended it before, but I'm, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, and there's a little bit of that, like, given what I have experience with watching this is, you know, Relatable, although it's not about the process, but uh, Kill Tony, which uh, is a live podcast that they record at the Comedy Mothership in Austin, Texas. Uh, so the whole thing of it is that they've got a bucket full of names, and if your name is pulled out of the bucket, you got to come up and do a one-minute set, and they'll do interviews. But for me, it's just like aside from the fact that this show is hysterical. It's impressive how week in and week out they put out not only a podcast, but a live podcast that involves that many moving parts 
in front of an audience, like from it's a not a TV show, it's a podcast. Exactly, yeah, it's a podcast that I would recommend watching on YouTube because it's comedy, so you want to see facial oh. expressions and the the pan. It's usually a panel of um, of comedians will do like a brief interview with each person who comes up to do a set. So there's often like a lot of roasting and references to what they look like and that kind of thing. So it's better to watch it on video. But Kill Tony. The host is Tony Hinchcliffe, who Got you might have seen. to watch it. Um, just random yep. shout-outs uh, to Val and Nando for being um, Food & Wine's best new chefs of 2023. That's pretty amazing. Um, if you haven't been to Mati's, I would highly recommend it. Obviously, when Eat to My reopens next door, it's probably going to be a really good time. So I'd recommend recommend that also. Shout out to Jimmy Buffett. May he rest. Shout so, out to Jimmy Buffett, yeah. Shout out to Jimmy Buffett, right? Yeah. Um, all right, so this is where we do our shameless plugs. So plug all of your stuff. Where can people find you, your things? This is where all the stuff that's yours belongs. Sure. Uh, really, it's easy. Just Kush Hospitality, I guess, on social, on Instagram. All the things. Uh, all the things, yeah. I mean, cool. you know, we did. Uh, we have uh, Tobacco Road, Kush Brickle. Uh, now we kind of converted to more Kush. It's fucking awesome. The, I'm in love with the cocoa is my favorite drink uh, I've ever had um, coconut old fashioned at, uh, in Brickle uh, vermouth at Victoria's um, crafts and crafts on Thursday last Thursday every month if you got kids at locale uh, Hialeah is my favorite in the world go to Kush Cleveland if you like sports or uh, for fights and it's Philly cheesesteaks yeah, it's a great venue to watch sports um so if you, uh, like, for boxing matches, UFC fights, it's actually fucking awesome. And you don't have to go into the Cleveland department. You can go into the Cush room. So it's actually pretty cool. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, Winwood, you know, all my places. All the things. All the things. All the things. playing now. Is it? All yeah. the, the things. Arietta Nave. Skateboard and the Taurus. Chugs and the Gibson, all the things. All the things. At this point, just all the things. Big in the Powell. Somebody like Scoops and Lorel. Yes. Miami against the, the world. All the things. All the things. Insert right. songs. Hey, it's a great song. Great, great artist. All the things. All the it's great things. Uh, cruising music. Oh, for sure. I, how did you like the playlist for uh, the ride the other night? Great. Yeah. All right. So that was the All the Things song. We have done our parting recommendations. We've done our shameless. Oh, I'm going to recommend some, or shamelessly plug some things. Of course, DadeMag.com for all the DadeMag things. Follow Pancom Podcast everywhere. Subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts if you haven't ads already. At DadeMag.com. Ads at DadeMag.com if you want to get in on some of that. Um, and then also, of course, we're at El Vecino, but I believe. October 21st will be the first time that we do a UFC card here. Oh, nice. So, October 21st Where are you doing at Ebbasino. What's that? Oh, here? Yeah, yeah, here. That'll be the first time that we do it here. Yeah, we do all the UFC stuff at Taurus, and we're going to start doing UFC and boxing here. So, so, so if that. you don't go to Cleveland, then you come here. Right. Just right. like if you're not. <laughs> Two very different. I don't think anybody's between being in the mm-hmm. beach or being, being over here for a fight. So Probably agree. Uh, yeah. So, all right. And this is where the thing ends. Thanks, Matt. Stick around after. Stick around. Give us your dollar for the next uh, five questions with Matt.
Kush. lightning round on the other side of this air horn.